0: Now, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, this episode is brought to you by Cards Against Humanity. Uh,
1: objection, Your Honor. They asked us not to read an ad.
0: Withdrawn. Enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Detlef Gunderchach, Managing Director of the Whisper Mountain Animal Sanctuary and Adoptatorium. Here at Whisper Mountain, we've got adorable friends and cuddly critters for you to take home for your family and loved ones. All of our furry friends here at Whisper Mountain have been collected by our team of experienced animal handlers here in the Whisper Mountain community.
1: All pets at Whisper Mountain come spayed or neutered and with their full complement of shots.
0: Well, let's take a look at who's available for adoption this week. Pepper here is an approximately 18 month old Springer spaniel with a tentacle for a front leg. <laughs> Oh, Pepper, you're so playful. Ow. And over here we have Misty, a lovely two-year-old Persian cat whose jaws completely unhinged, not unlike a great white shark, complete with a rotating set of teeth.
1: Meow.
2: Meow.
0: Oh, Misty.
2: Okay, all right
1: now. With each adoption at Whisper Mountain, you'll receive complimentary protective equipment as needed, such as gloves, eye protection,
0: flame retardant
1: clothing, or blast shielding.
0: Now over here we have one of my favorites, Bubbles! Bubbles is a four-year-old terrier mix whose skeleton, owing to a glowing substance, is completely visible through his skin and fur. How fun is that? He loves Halloween!
2: Ah!
0: And last but certainly not least, Crackers. Crackers is an adult male African gray parrot who loves, you guessed it, crackers. He also can speak and understand English, Portuguese, and Russian and has a limited ability to see the future.
1: Ah, Trump
2: 2016! Ah, Trump 2016! Da, comrade! Ah. <laughs>
0: oh, crackers. Oh, crackers. So get the kids and come on down to the Whisper Mountain Animal Sanctuary and Adoptatarium.
1: Whisper Mountain Animal Sanctuary and Adoptatarium. Located at the base of Whisper Mountain, just two miles from the Whisper Mountain Federal Biological Testing Facility, of which we have no affiliation.
0: <laughs> I'm really bleeding here. Now, I hear they get a lot of badgers there.
2: <laughs> yeah!
0: That's it. there. there no extra sauce needed on a badger. <laughs> Hi, folks. Hello! How's everybody doing? We'll <laughs> wait for your reply. Yeah. Answer me.
1: <laughs> I'm Dave Stecco. I'm David Flora, and welcome to Blurry Photos, the first sober episode of twenty. That's right.
0: Sixteen. The second episode. <laughs> this first
1: sober episode of the fifth season. Yeah. We've yeah. done a couple sober episodes, I
0: guess. Here and there.
1: Glad to have you here.
0: Absolutely. Uh, I, I hope that you enjoyed our kickoff. I hope that you weren't disappointed by the uh, the fact that we, I think we, I, I haven't heard it yet myself, but I feel like maybe we, we, we kind of held our shit together pretty well. It
1: seems like, it seems like we almost sobered up in it as uh, opposed to getting worse.
0: Well, we did eat know. a lot of pizza in the middle. Which I think saved our lives.
1: Yeah. It, well, we both came out of it roses on the uh, the next day. So. Yeah.
0: And I, I don't I don't recall if I mentioned this before, but I the day the day of I was like, all right, let's let me let me get in the wayback machine and listen to that episode and was just cringing the whole time and embarrassed. <laughs> but then I let it go and I kept listening I listened to the next episode where we spent a good you know five minutes or so swearing we would never do that again. Mm-hmm. I really. Was really nervous about doing it. I, I kind of didn't want to, but I was like, "Well, we said we were gonna, so we got to." And then it worked out
1: well. I, we we were really smart about it, you know. We, yeah. We didn't do a, a terrible lot of shots. Yeah. We drank eight Guinness between us.
0: Yeah. We did do that. But oh, I thought we drank more than that. No, we only had two four packs. Oh well, still but eight. They were that's talls. They were my, that's tall true. boys. I mean but, we, uh, we drank plenty and we we, we drank a lot yeah um, and it was a more fun episode than the life of a historical analytics researcher so so,
1: so anyways we, yeah. we came out on top uh did not lose a day to it
0: happy yeah. for
1: that so uh hope you hope you're still with us even even afterwards upwards and onwards damn right so we've got a got a pretty good show for you I think here
0: yeah this is one that we've actually been meaning to do for a while mm-hmm. and then we keep you know other shows come up or something has someone has a great suggestion so we keep kind of kicking the can down the road and the can stops now can stops
1: here. And uh, this is actually a listener suggestion. Uh, a couple of you guys wanted to hear about this in conjunction <laughs> with a couple of other things that we're going to, they kind of all tie together yeah. in this. But uh, if you haven't guessed by reading what the hell the episode's <laughs> about,
0: we're going to be talking about plum Island. That's right. Now this is where all of the liberal elites gather. There are no trees. Uh, but they it, pee on nothing. <laughs> nobody pee, but they poop everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is the East Coast. East Bohemian Coast <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Honestly, for a while before I before I looked it up, I kept kind of assuming that's kind of what it was.
2: Somehow oh yeah,
0: I thought it was like yeah, this is another place where the elites hang out. Yeah,
1: all the all blow the new, off of it. New York liberals hang out here yeah. and go go Playboy on the weekend.
0: Uh, you know. Um, Since since I'm the one who brought that up, I did just read a a really funny article the other day um, written by a a woman who in high school spent two summers working as as a server at Bohemian Grove Mm. and how just miserably disappointed she was in it that it was it's just a bunch of old men getting drunk and pissing on everything. (laughs) They just piss all over the place and drink all day and. She felt bad for the people who put a lot of energy into, like, trying to blow the lid off of it. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if it was worse
1: back in the day when men were more sexist than they are now.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, back when it was no girls allowed whatsoever. Well, that's the thing. I mean, as we said in the episode, it didn't stop busloads of ladies from showing up because you get a bunch of of rich drunk guys. And she did have a fun... um, anecdote about jeb bush throwing a low-grade temper tantrum because the the milkshakes were unavailable when he wanted one wow yeah he got he got real mad about it and apparently the manager get called and he goes do you know who i am and the manager is like yeah yes governor bush i I know who you are there's no milkshakes available
1: (laughs) (laughs) who you are is not going to change the fact yeah we do not have milk it has no bearing on the milkshake (laughs) a situation I I was told there would be milkshakes exclamation point. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: exclamation
0: point. So
1: so, okay. so so this is not that. Yeah, this is not, this bad. Is not that. Sorry,
0: I feel like I fed up.
1: No, it's it's a little it's a little more sinister than that maybe. Um, <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you uh I, I've decided. Here's what I'm going to do: uh-huh. uh, is I'm I'm going to throw the the overview and the what we're going to talk about all together, so I don't even have to like go over it twice, like you say I do. So what are you talking about? What are you talking I've about? I've never said that before. Plum Island. Prove it. Is a small 840
0: acre piece of land. Wait, are you recording this? In, you son of a bitch! Will you shut up? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to let you win ever. There's there's no path that I you that I won't. What? I don't lose. <laughs> listeners
1: do.
2: Oh.
0: Plum
1: Island is a small 840 acre piece of land in Long Island Sound, just northeast of Long Island and south of Connecticut. Now, Dave, yes. how much trouble could a little island
0: make? You you ask. Well, I mean, if it's a little island, if, as long as the island's less than 3 miles because I know that a 3 mile island can create <laughs> quite that can a problem. Some, yeah, they yeah. can really kick some shit up. Uh well,
1: even as small as it is, it uh it can cause uh, plenty of trouble uh, depending on who who you ask and that the trouble it causes could be dire. Could be infectious. Could Um, be
2: high voltage. (laughs) Grease lightning. Oh.
1: While it's branded as hosting an animal disease research facility and small nature preserve, the conspiracy scuttlebutt holds that this facility is home to more sinister science than just trying to fight foot and mouth disease <laughs> theories abound that the island has labs devoted to biowarfare research animal testing and mutant creation ties to mad Nazi science
2: <laughs> and
1: maybe even in mutant human testing hmm? the mutant theories stem from multiple reports of strange creatures washing up on nearby beaches starting with the now infamous montauk monster oh yeah that weird thing and including at least one report of a human with strange features being found as well we'll be taking a look at what's going on then and now with plum island the montauk monster and the possible birth of lyme disease yep is there a cover-up by the government to conceal corrupt science? what has washed up on nearby shores or is it all just blown out of proportion baby we're not all going to die after all. Well,
0: you never know.
1: We're all going to die. All right, let's talk about the history of this thing. Yeah. We'll get to get to some of this before we get to some juice, some Hugo.
0: By the way, I looked up scuttlebutt.com. I was curious as to what that website would be referencing. Strip club? No. Like, give me top three top three guesses. What do you think? Scuttlebutt dot com is a website dedicated to?
1: Well, it's either. Well, uh, my first guess, obviously, I just guessed strip club. Uh-huh. Uh, second guess is like a
0: a, a gossip uh, column or or. See, that's what I thought too. Something, I thought that I thought because it always seems to be like, you know, two guys like in at a military outpost. Hey, scuttlebutt, is it the commander's moving us to the front? You know, mm-hmm. I thought that it would be like, um, you know, military. You know, deployments or, or you know, like a military right. gossips thing. Yeah. Third uh, choice.
1: Thir- third would be some uh character on a sci-fi show.
0: Oh, nice. No, it is. It's the Midwest's premier boater's buying guide. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, f- that <laughs> yeah, it's indoor what? boat storage, service, and sales serving Lake Minnetonka and surrounding areas. Oh God, that that makes zero <laughs> sense. <Yeah. laughs> wow, right? All right. Yep. So not scuttleboat, so, scuttlebutt, no, scuttlebutt dot com. So if you're in the Minnetonka area, check them out.
1: <laughs> All right. So, uh, history of Plum Island. It it has seen its fair share of history for being such a small piece of real estate in the Atlantic. Uh, A small lighthouse tower was built on it in 1827, which helped ship navigation on Long Island Sound. It was called the Plum Gut Light, for the channel between Long Island and Plum Island was called Plum Gut. Very fascinating. Uh, In 1869. Why? Why Plum Gut? I mean. Okay. I didn't go further. (laughs) I didn't even know if anybody would care about that. In 1869, they built a new lighthouse out of granite. They built it bigger. They built it better, which still stands today. Fort Terry was built on the island in 1897.
0: Hey, Uh, guys.
1: (laughs) Fort Terry here. A strategic point at the entrance of the commercially active Long Island Sound. That's what Fort Terry was. It was an artillery post heavily armed since the Spanish-American War and manned and man- maintained through World War 1 it was declared surplus after the war's end and used as a training facility until 1941 when it was manned again during World War 2 then declared surplus once more in 1948
0: i hereby declare this island to be surplus <laughs> get rid of it sell it off <laughs>
1: In 1952, Fort Terry was given over to the U.S. Army Chemical Corps and focused on anti-animal bio warfare—that is, stuff to destroy enemy livestock. Yep, starve them out. Particularly, foot-and-mouth disease, African swine fever, Rift Valley fever, and Rinderpest, aka cattle plague. <laughs>
0: Oh, man. I I am pre-gaming all of our listeners. Render Pest Men, not admissible for puns. <laughs> uh, 1954, the fort's mission was
1: altered to focus on defensive research of just foot and mouth and render pest. The USDA, the the Department of Agriculture, took it over and established the Plum Island Animal Disease Center. In nineteen sixty nine, President Nixon told them absolutely no, uh, no non defensive research, you suckers. <laughs> <laughs> and then the Geneva Protocol was ratified, etc. So
0: <laughs> So wait, so so Nixon was like, if it doesn't kill, you don't get to re if it if it had no non defensive research. Does um, that mean offensive? Cuz I mean, every time somebody says, you know, it's like we, our our war department's called the Department of Defense. So every time they say defense in the government, it means that they're building a weapon. Does that is he saying like 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 the way DARPA used to be? Where I you know it what? was like if it's not blowing shit up, you don't fuck with it.
1: It it might it might have been misphrased hmm. either either in the research or how I wrote it. I I get the feeling was opposite now that you say that that it was okay don't do don't
0: do any offensive don't be making weapons
2: okay here. so only
0: actual like veterinary science animal research like we're only trying to save I, cows now i could be i could be wrong I could be well that's why we have a motherfucking penalty box that's that's right which I, I have to go to at the
1: end of this episode i've written it I've written it this way and and so therefore i I can't back it up, but it was it'd be a little weird if If he said only focus on biological warfare and then the Geneva convention happened.
0: That's true. I mean, cause there's one thing we do is we assiduously adhere to all of our treaties. Jeez. Wow. Listen to that. Did you just hear me conspiracize? You did it. I did did it, it, buddy. You got me
1: in 2003, the United States department of Homeland security took over the island and continued to let the department of agriculture conduct research there in
0: 2008,
2: Congress. Whoa, 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 whoa,
0: Back the train up. Because there was a big, big kerfuffle in the year 2000 prior to DHS uh, taking it over. In 2000, uh, uh, there was an attempt to expand the, the mission of Plum Island to include diseases that affect humans. And they requested that it be upgraded to a bio level uh, level four containment oh. facility. Now that's big. Shit. Bio level four. That that's uh, Marburg, Ebola. They were doing, um, hantavirus pulmonary syndrome in in level fours. That's that four corners disease that was killing people twenty uh-huh. twenty years ago. So that is that is that is a huge jump up. That's smallpox level stuff. True. And way to go, local activists. They shut that shit down. Oh yeah, they actually prevented that from happening. And uh, so they shut it down. And then again in two thousand two. Congress once again thought it all over and was like, mm, maybe we do want to do that. The other thing they considered, and t- they, they kind of went double or nothing. They were like, well, either we're killing everything or we're killing the base itself. Um, they did want to shut it down in 2002, uh, mostly because, and on, a, let's, let's call it as it is. It, you know, if you're of a conspiracy, bent, and even I kind of think this like foot and mouth disease is not that big a deal. They were spending a ton of money for this remote <laughs> testing facility, and even Congress uh decided that foot and mouth disease was uh was such a a a non-starter, such a n unlikely gigantic plague upon the earth that it didn't not uh that it wasn't worth uh sixteen the sixteen point five million dollars the government was spending on it every year ah huh. I mean that's a ton of money so uh Congress actually was like no, no, thank you
1: that's weird. I never saw anything that said they didn't The things that I saw was that they were like, yeah, uh, foot and mouth disease is serious because it can wreck the economy if it gets out of hand.
0: Well, and and here's the thing, as anyone has ever seen anyone in Congress argue, it it doesn't necessarily have to do anything with the reality of the situation because once Congress defunded it, it got transferred instantly to the... uh, department of agriculture and from there was a hop skip and jump to the d to dhs in 2002 so i mean again conspiracy times maybe it was just an elaborate way of transferring ownership with the least amount of hurdles maybe because yeah but i mean they they did definitely defend that site for a long time as a foot and mouth uh, research they, place uh, until they up and said "Eh, probably not get rid of it
1: that's weird they i mean that it kind of wrecked I feel like it was the economy of the UK for a little while because it got out of hand there. Because with foot and mouth disease,
0: it's... Are you thinking of mad cow disease? Is that what I'm thinking of? Yeah. That's the thing that messed with them in the late 90s. I thought there was a...
1: Oh, maybe maybe it is. I, uh, Prion disease. I thought the thing that I... Critsfield Jacob. ...read was about uh, the disease itself gets in the lungs... And settles in there and grows, and then by the time you notice any symptoms, which appear in the hooves and the mouths and stuff, it's too late, and the entire herd's affected, and the mortality I, rate is, like, almost 100%. I
0: want to look it up right now, but I think you're you're mixing up huh. uh, and, foot-mouth and disease and anthrax, which is a cattle disease, actually, and a badass band. Um, yeah, I don't think it has anything to do with the lungs. Because it's a it's an oral fecal route disease, yeah. No, you're thinking anthrax because of the spores, and it makes your their hooves and mouths bleed. No, hoof and mouth does, but hoof and mouth doesn't do all to the lungs. You're you're that's what I, that's what I mean. I think you're combining the two because anthrax sporulates, it gets inhaled, and that's how it infects. Hoof and mouth is a virus that does lead to lesions around the the mouth and feet. Yeah, it's just physical contact, which which does include inhalation, but. It's certainly not limited to that by any means.
1: So I'm confusing everything all together, and it's,
0: Flora. You just know too much about livestock diseases, and all the cars are crashing together. Right. <laughs> so,
1: well, it, it it just surprises me that um, they would take a, a kind of laissez-faire attitude with with, with that when when it, it could. Yeah. St- th this sort of disease could devastate the uh, a big industry
0: it it could be- because the the thing that makes it so dangerous is that it is extraordinarily transmissible just physical contact or even proximity it can aerosolize it can it's very easy to you know it's it's the pink eye of the <laughs> agricultural market uh world thing. yeah so i and maybe at that point they felt that it was largely eradicated i i don't i don't know what do I know about that stuff well, what are we up to? Two thousand eight? Oh, it did get one other little fun historical footnote. In two thousand three, one of the uh workers um raised uh concerns about like uh the, the safety of the facility and, and so he was went full on whistleblower and then was fired by the contractor that he had worked for there. He even went so far as to uh, bring his concerns to New York Senator Hillary Rodham Clinton, and ultimately a uh the according to this um judge found that that the contractor had, in fact, discriminated against him for whistleblowing. Mm. That's it. Just a little fun sign nugget.
1: Onward! a uh, 2008, Congress passed a law to close the Plum Island Animal Disease Center. And a year later, decided to build a high-security animal dif- disease lab called the National Bio and Agro Defense Facility in Manhattan, Kansas.
0: <laughs> <laughs> F*** you, Paris, Texas.
1: And they they also wanted to move the uh, Plum Island Animal Disease Center there. The island was put up for sale. However, between 2013 and 2015, legislation after legislation is put forth to preserve or sell the island. It's kind of in flux right now, so plans may be on hold to build the facilities in Kansas.
0: So let me ask you this then. If it's such a a white-hot secret research site, why would they just be willing to sell it? I mean, it's not like they left all the equipment in or anything like that, but there's still, I mean, there'd be below ground infrastructure and things you can't remove. I mean, just the amount of air circulation systems would leave. Even if you pulled the duct work out, you know, structurally, you would see where all these things went. Seems like a, a bad way to hide a secret. Maybe I'm getting ahead of myself.
1: Well, uh, You may be getting ahead of yourself. Um, I, it's. They wanted to sell it as part of a um, shoot. I, I should even bring it up because I I can't even remember it. It's a prissy part of, party jam rambler. Part of the the package to like recoup some money mm-hmm. for the government to
0: cut into that deficit.
1: <laughs> anyway, it's all for
0: Klimt right now. So so if they if they sold it, not only would they be saving the sixty sixteen and a half million dollars annually that goes to it. Let's say they sell it for. Mm, another thirty million dollars the whole island if that so now you've offset the interest of the deficit uh, the interest on the on, on our on our debt for nine hours <laughs> nine minutes B- well I would think that the spending
1: that was going towards it would just get transferred over to the Kansas facility and then more would get
0: added to it but that's, that's not true. what we're gonna talk about because and, and with the, here's the thing uh, an island is at least isolated.
1: Right. Right. And and we'll get back to that. But uh, that's kind of the timeline of what we're looking at for this little, little island. Let's talk about the conspiracies that go into this. Now, once the government took over the island in 1954, security tightened pretty strongly and no one without clearance was allowed on it. And this inevitably led to ever-growing concerns about the secrecy of the facilities by John Q. Conspiranut as anything that isn't transparent is actively out to get you. You say
0: conspira-not. I say conspira-not. Boldly exploring. <laughs> <laughs> Typo or type no.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> that, that didn't work out as, as I had hoped. So yeah, in, in anything that they can't see right in front of them is, is out to get them. It's probably ISIS and the things that are transparent are only that way
0: because the NWO wants to taunt us. Mhm. You can't win, world. That's why right, they put it out. They like to they like to hide things in plain sight in so they can plain laugh at us. Sight.
1: Anyway, after 9/11, uh, the Department of Homeland Security took over the island since it was a possible target of biowarfare. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. In their assessment of the security there, a report was released which pointed out many problems with the security of the facilities. And this only fueled controversy since the place had been in operations for so long and people suspected with such poor conditions, anything could have gotten out and gotten to the public. Hmm. So this is where we meet our old friend Lyme disease.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I have a friend who just got diagnosed with that. It took, took her a long time to get to that point too, because it's certainly not the first thing they check. That's bad. Yeah. Where is she at? West coast. She lives in California. Hmm. So Lyme disease
1: is an infectious disease carried by certain types of ticks, especially deer ticks. It's primarily caused by the bacteria Borrelia burgdorferi in the United States and by Borrelia afzelii and Borrelia garini in Europe. And Asia. Symptoms include headache, fever, Ugh. fatigue Ugh. and a distinctive rash. It looks kind of like a bullseye on a target. It's named after the town it was first diagnosed in, Lyme, and mm-hmm. Old Lyme, Connecticut, in nineteen seventy five. It was originally thought to be a type of arthritis due to the symptoms. There's joint pain in there too.
0: There's a there's a whole list of
1: bad sh- that goes along with with Lyme disease Oh yeah, just yeah.
0: Lyme disease things. is a dump truck full of a, it just it, it is it is not your friend and it, the good news is it's treatable it just takes a long time and no one's happy while it happens since it was diagnosed relatively recently in a town not even 10
1: miles from a facility said to be researching animal disease the theory started to spread that it was man-made or at least genetically engineered from an older form and now out of control
0: Right now, uh, let me, let me jump on this right now. Cause this is, this is the thing that happens right now. For example, even as we speak, uh, Zika fever mm. and not, not the actual disease, but like the, 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 the flip out about Zika, which I uh, listen, I'm, that is a real f-ing disease and it is not playing games. It's extraordinarily transmissible. And every time a disease comes up that people are alarmed by the assumption is that it just popped out of nowhere that it just oh it something mutated and now we have this that is it's and that is excruciatingly rare so almost to the point where the few times people think that most people agree that's what happened that still probably didn't happen I and mean, and I'm thinking of like filoviruses um like marburg and ebola um that were really identified from very isolated samples but that could have those diseases could have existed before, but their mortality rate is so high and they activate so quickly that they could have just killed everybody who got it. There are, there's a really great um, and scary story about a um, Brazilian army platoon that was on maneuvers in the jungle that contracted a disease that killed everyone in the platoon. But one guy, like they couldn't even hike out in time, (laughs) but the one guy who made it out didn't contract it. And, to this day, no one knows what the hell that disease was, but it's something in that jungle's got it. Mm. And so same thing I mentioned before, the uh, Hantavirus pulmonary syndrome, the the Four Corners disease. Initially, uh, people thought it was targeting Native Americans. And it turns out it's a ver—it's called an arena virus, a very old kind of disease. During the Korean War, they called it trench nephritis. And this one just happened to have a lung a. Uh, 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 a respiratory contingent to it. So people, their lungs would fill with fluid and would kill them. But even the, uh, the native tribes in the area knew that if there was a particularly wet spring, there'd be a lot of pinion nuts and people were probably going to die in late summer because what happens is mice are the, uh, the vector for this particular disease. Um, and they, they urinate, the virus is in the urine, the urine dries and crystallizes. All these people who died had been sweeping out their homes. There was cleaning going on, kicks all these crystals up in the air. They get inhaled. Boom, Hantavirus. Um, And which the lesson is never clean, never, ever clean. It can't help you. But people thought, Oh my God, this new killer virus just emerged out of nowhere in the four corners. It was a very well-known disease uh, or at least, um, and it was actually something of a, a, a statistical anomaly that just happened to kill a few very healthy people in a very short amount of time, but people had been dying to it and it had been misdiagnosed as pneumonia or any number of things for a long time, uh, which it brings us to come back around to Zika. Uh, Zika also had been identified a long time ago, but it is only now that this, the, they're, they're understanding some of the, m- the more devastating effects of it. And so, I don't know. I just want to throw that out there that it is extraordinarily rare that disease just hops out of nowhere with no, back history to it but any disease that is well known in a certain area given and and we've seen this i mean ask our our buddy every single european explorer once people start moving better diseases that really didn't do much in one area of the world can have devastating effects in another Mm. you know because of, of of herd immunities and things like that so Just putting that out there that, you know, and like you said, the diagnosis of this is so difficult. I mean, even now, even today, you know, 40 years after they determined what this disease is, um, you know, my friends spent months going to doctors and getting tests before they finally figured out Lyme disease. Yeah. You know, it's a tough one to call. Because if you don't get the rash. Yeah, exactly. You know,
1: then you've got, well, you've got joint pain, fatigue,
0: headaches. Oh right, do Are you, you have dehydrated? A, yeah, and you this know, is, do you have an autoimmune disorder? That you know, you can house it. Call yeah. it lupus for a while and see what happens. You know, it's a hard one to diagnose and it's you, and you you can't very easily get into the wayback machine and then retroactively diagnose all these people who may or may not have had it for the you know 100 years leading up to 1975. So I, I that's I'm just that's my two cents about Oh, this disease came out of the no. The government invented it. We're, came out of the what?
2: No, it, I can't even no. say where.
0: It was too much. I got scared in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> keep, keep in mind, this is this is the government that can't even get the TSA to work right. I don't know that they could build a disease, a disease from scratch, but well, the,
1: it's funny because the island it was meant to be a safe haven to practice this research. What with the, the tides and the winds and the isolation and all? The tides and the winds and the isolation. And all. No! no! <laughs> but, uh, you know, the government forgot mm-hmm. one thing. What's that? Birds. Oh. A tick could hop a ride on a bird over to the mainland and then boom, diseases spread.
0: Ticks are really good hitchhikers. They're the best little hobos. So are bed bugs. They're the best
1: little hobos.
0: I saw an actual hobo that had bedbugs crawling all over him a couple of weeks ago on the train. Just Ugh. I watched them crawling in and out of his clothes, and I it was poor guy. Well, yeah, poor guy, but also, but like, uh, yes, uh, yes. Most importantly, I was flipping out and trying to back away slowly. That's that's the scariest thing
1: about public transportation in this city. You ah. never know what you're sitting in or what you're getting in.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't. Uh, yeah, I guess. I guess. Walking pile of bedbugs is up there, but, <laughs> but boy, when you, when you really want to, if you really want to sit down and make a top five list, I don't know, man. I don't want to go down that path of top five things to worry about that, on the public transit.
1: Is on there, Cause that stuff sticks with you. Mm-hmm. I, I'll tell you what I won't put on there is what happened to me not too long ago is where I was just sitting on the train minding my mind of my own. There, there I was. I was.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well-dressed guy gets on the train. And comes over, sits right next to me, and proceeds to just verbally unleash a fire hose of profanity. And you didn't
0: tell me about crazy,
1: this like, like talking about killing his girlfriend that he was talking to, and and it was just like the
0: it was the worst so he, spot to be in. So he like, was talking to you about her, or is no, he was no, just he next. He was to on the phone,
1: oh, he got a okay. phone out, and then just unleashed hell to To whoever was on the other end of it, who, according to him, and in, in all his profane glory, it was it was the girl
0: he was with. Yikes! I don't, see. I don't. I don't have that trouble on the train, but I also and you see me like when, especially in the winter, like I look like the hillside strangler on the train.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, nobody wants to mess with you, but you also ride it. You know, at, at good times too. That's true, but. Anyway, yeah, bed bugs. Wow. Uh,
0: so that's that's Lyme disease. Sorry, sorry about all that personal information and and fun side stories. I thought they added flavor.
1: Now this this conspiracy is tied to another the Lyme disease conspiracy is tied to another about the island, which says that a Nazi scientist was recruited via Operation Paperclip.
0: Yes. After World War II, I feel like play people playing blurry photos bingo. All just went. mm-hmm. Oh, there it is to work on bioweapons in the facilities on
1: Plum Island. Erich Traub was a German scientist who worked directly under Heinrich Himmler as lab chief of the Nazi Bioweapons Facility. He specialized in, Dave, insect
0: vectors.
2: Oh, yeah! I mean, no! <laughs> I'm you specialized in, No! <laughs>
0: Oh, it's such a cool subject to to be specializing in because there's all the... No! (laughs) (laughs) Since he was a leader
1: in foot and mouth and Rinderpest disease weaponization for the Third Reich. Neither of which are insect vector-borne diseases. (laughs) That's pretty funny. What else would he be working on for our government than some kind of vector-borne disease? Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Now, in 2008... Here's here's another piece of the old, if you want to, if you want to, of the old pie, if you want to stick your, yeah. your finger in and out a, or, pull out or, a Plum or anything Island. else, I'm not here to judge you. In 2008, a weird looking animal carcass washed up on a beach yeah. near Montauk, New York, which is at the very tip of Long Island and Southeast of Plum Island. A few locals found the carcass on July 23rd and took a photo,
0: which you can find no shortage of online. Oh, everywhere. People use it. It, you know what I see? it? I see it show up in the weirdest dumb places. Like, for it's always for clickbait because it's Ooh. such a weird picture. But it's like, your neighbors have refinanced their mortgage. <laughs> Find out how. And it's, I shit you not, Montauk Monster. <laughs> you know, like, that's always that weird, yeah. you know. Yeah.
1: Yeah. If it's not that, it's like boobs or something. Right. Yeah. yeah. Now, uh, a not too serious article was written up in the local paper and joked that it might be a mutant experiment. From the old Plum Island Animal Disease Center. (laughs) Bad move, bro. Yeah. Bad move. On the 29th, cryptozoologist Lauren Coleman is said to have coined the term Montauk Monster. Now, Lauren Coleman runs the Cryptozoology Museum up in Maine. Uh, And guess what, Dave? What? He's going to be at the Milwaukee Paracon. Oh, yeah. This October. I can't wait to meet him. We should get a picture with him. Now, the carcass disappeared adding to the mystery, but analysis of photographs of it turned up some interesting theories from different scientists. I, I gather that it was about the size of a, a Cocker Spaniel, give or take. Yeah. It was hairless, decomposing with a mottled brown coloring. Uh, the torso looked pretty solidly built, and the hind area was a little fatter. hmm It
0: had been dead for a while. There was some bloat going on
1: there. Yeah, had a, a, Had a medium-length, narrow tail. And the skin around its mouth was rotted away, revealing sharp teeth and an almost beak-like shape. Now, that gets people pretty hung up yeah. in this. An analysis uh, from folks turned up the following. Now, somebody said, well, it's a raccoon. But then somebody else would come along and say, well, the, the legs appear to be too long in proportion to the body. Like, raccoons have long long arms, but this one looks a little, little off for the proportions.
0: P.S. If if you're wondering why this isn't a raccoon, you can Google naked raccoon, and yeah, you're gonna get some furry shit in there. Just deal with it. But like, there are you know some diseases. There are such a thing as you know raccoons can get things like alopecia. A raccoon without its fur is straight the fuck out of like Jabba's palace. It is the most sci-fi alien-looking weird-ass thing. Clearly, Flora, you've never seen one, so I'm gonna show you right now.
1: Jeez, right? Well, it it looks like a, a a pink
0: cat with a long nose,
1: but every like all the tips of the extremities are
0: black. Yeah, it's also got an an enormous amount of junk in the trunk. If it, if you're holding it up to a cat
1: body style, oh yeah, it's it's pretty fat, but it's pretty wild. Um, some people said it's a sea turtle. Well, that's funny because sea turtles don't have fur or teeth, right? Eh. Some people say it's a rodent. Now, now you might be uh, willing to give this one a a, a try, just with all the humongoid rats that live in the, the sewers of New York. <laughs> just imagine the, the dog-sized rats, you know, oh. and the rat kings and the pimps and chuds. Uh, well, you know, rodents have two large, distinctive incisor teeth in front of their mouths. And the, this picture clearly doesn't have the, the rodent teeth, you know. You could even say, well, maybe it's a, a beaver or, or you know something like it's beaver esque, but no, it doesn't have the teeth, right? for For that sort of thing, unless they're missing, I guess. Uh,
0: but y- yeah, I, I guess maybe.
1: Now, some people said do- it's a dog or or a coyote or some kind of canine. You know, it it does look dog like, but uh, they said the eye ridge and the feet don't match for for a, a canine species to me, it's the snout. Like it doesn't have that kind of elongated snout that a, a dog's skull would have.
0: Well, and that's, and that's the thing that's, that's kind of setting off everybody about that is that it, it has the, what, what, you know, again, that beak like, uh, appendage, but yeah, so that's, I mean, and I think we'll, we'll definitely come back around to that because that, I think that is the big sticking point. I mean, it's creepy looking as F anyway, but it is really the the shape of the muzzle that is, that is most mm. bizarre here. And, and we'll definitely come back to that. Yeah.
1: Uh, and lastly, some people have put out maybe it's a sheep, but, you know, sheep don't have sharp teeth. Also, sheep have hooves. Yep. This thing has, like, little toes. Toes and claws. Now, the conclusion that people started coming to was that it was a bloated raccoon. Like, mm-hmm. that was a thing that fit the best. Then other creatures started washing up. Uh, one in 2011 washed up in Northville, New York, which is a little farther southwest of Plum Island. And then one in 2012 under the Brooklyn Bridge, which goes back to my Rat King. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Don't hold me to that, everybody. I know a, a Rat King is actually a collection of, of rats made up <laughs> into a huge.
0: No, blob. buddy. Go into the penalty box, motherfucker
1: all were said to display similar characteristics to this Montauk monster. But the weirdest story to come out of this freak fair came in 2010 when a security guard was said to have discovered a man's body on the southwest beach of Plum Island. It was apparently that of a partially decomposed male, six feet tall, large build, and very long fingers. And apparently also had five holes drilled in his head, each more delicate than the last. And then the story goes that men in biohazard suits took the body away, which hey, that doesn't float much of my boat because I wouldn't want to touch something like that. <laughs> there Actually, there's, there's not a lot after that that I could find on this. Everything just kind of has the same article that's, that's referenced same, same newspaper article. And eh. so if, if you've got something, maybe we can save it, but, just a couple more things here under the old conspiracy belt. Things that add fuel to th- to the conspiracy are the supposed practice of shooting deer that happen to swim ashore by snipers. Now, that doesn't necessarily constitute a, a conspiracy because if you're running uh, a, a, a laboratory that specializes in diseases for animals, yeah. Plus a nature preserve and yada yada. You know you you don't want things swimming in from the mainland and going
0: back out. Exactly. You, you, deer can absolutely uh, carry huff and mouth disease. You know, up until it was. Which, by the way, did we mention this? That rinderpest is eradicated. It's gone. Is it? Yep, hundred percent. They declared it in two thousand one. <laughs> <laughs> that puts the scorecard up to smallpox and render pest with smallpox making a comeback. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The two, the only two diseases we've ever completely eradicated. So good for us. Uh, but the, uh, the, the moral of the story is I think that makes perfect sense. Sure. If you're, if that's what you, if you have a quarantine facility for a disease that a deer could carry. Yeah. Kill all the, all deer.
1: Didn't you, you had to do wolf hunting, didn't you? Nope. You had to watch people do wolf hunting, didn't you? Nope. What am I thinking of? I thought you had to go out and shoot something. I, on I a, killed ground squirrels, ranch.
0: not wolves. Oh, that, that would have been that would have been involved. It would have killed me. No, I shot ground squirrels, but not for like any great reason. They just needed to be controlled because they were the mm. cattle.
1: That's what I'm thinking. Of. Yeah, I made you way cooler than you. were. Yeah,
0: are. I know. I know. I was not that cool. <laughs> yeah, I was. It could have been a BB gun, and I would have got the job done just fine. I was not a dangerous man. <laughs> I was airsoft. <laughs> those that shoot the disc they don't make those guns anymore that shoot the discs Remember in the your foam, foam discs no 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 the little plastic hard discs oh i had the
1: ninja turtles pizza shooter mobile that shot discs out that was pretty cool pizza discs they were supposed to be pizzas pizza was a weapon to the turtles although i i had never understood why they would want to waste pizza like that i guess it's the foot man
0: I just um, want to know how far you're going. I, I was like, I want to stay like like neutral, but I was like, keep going. Keep talking about it. Here's
1: one. In two thousand eight, Afia Siddiqui, an MIT graduate working as a scientist for Al Qaeda, was captured in Afghanistan and Plum Island was on a list of targets she kept. Hey oh. That is a apparently verifiable thing. And then finally and maybe not finally, but firstly, for all this shit, the 2004 book, Lab 257, The Disturbing Story of the Government's Secret Plum Island Germ Laboratory, no! <laughs> and How Long Idiotic Titles Are Unnecessary. Yeah, colon, colon, The Reckoning. <laughs> uh, so, so there's your conspiracy for you. Yeah. Um, I've got uh, I've got a few explanations here with the facility itself. Well, let's, with Lyme disease. Let's start with the
0: Montauk Monster. Oh, we, you want to start there? Okay. I mean, like we, we just brought it up. Let's let's put it back to bed. Okay. You want to know what it is? Well, go go for it, motherfucking coon, son.
1: Raccoons. Well, it's hard to tell what the pictures are of, obviously, because it's so bloated and decomposed and stuff. But the more you look
0: at raccoon pics beside them the more it seems to fit. Well, even, even in the pictures that you see, um, you, you could even pull up a picture of the Montauk monster on, in one window, pull up a profile of a raccoon skull in the other, and you will see exactly how the teeth line up by shape. And, and i mean, and teeth are very specific to animal species yeah. for whatever job they're doing. Um, and what you have is a decomposition to the front of it. It eroded the front of the, the, the skull And you can see there's like almost a yellow cartilaginous point that you know where people call like the beak-like projection, and that's that's all where the nose and nasal canal that's all been rotted away, so that it makes the skull kind of swoop down. Um, But the 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 shape of the feet, I I I think it's as slam dunk as the thing gets because skulls don't lie. They're like they're like nature's Shakira hips. There was a there were other pictures that were taken of
1: some of the other. Monsters that that were washing up. One of them looks pretty similar, uh, except that in the skull, it's got more of a top top down view, mm-hmm. and so you don't get a beak in it. But it does. It's a very, it's kind of a narrow, a narrow skull that's that's coming out. And the weird thing about that one is, it's kind of got a pronounced uh, nasal suture going down through the middle of it.
0: Mm-hmm. That's called a sagittal crest. I'm just full of words today.
1: It's a little, to me, it's more pronounced than what I've saw when I was looking up like raccoon skulls, well, which I'm probably on a list now for looking up so many skulls.
0: Weirdo. But, um, the, the, the other thing you get with that though, is that these aren't all pictures of the same thing. Mm-hmm. These are pictures of, I mean, they don't all have to be, here's the thing. You, you chuck any, any animal in the ocean. Um, 99% of them are going to get eaten by things. They'll disintegrate. But those that don't, the hair will absolutely fall out. And I mean, like I said, Google naked raccoon, Google naked bear. Now that'll fucking scare you to death. <laughs> um, Then, you know, Google naked, whatever else you want. Hey, we're here we're to have fun. Please of you. <laughs> um, but the. Hey, the buddy. <laughs> yeah.
2: D-Pod. You want four Googlings of the <laughs> naked bears. <laughs> One time I had naked bears. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the, the, the
0: point is that all these animals look extraordinarily foreign at that point. And so while there and are the bloating yeah, the, the bloating changes things, differential rotting of different things. Cause I think like of the, of the images that I find there's the, the Montauk monster where the, the body is, is more or less lay It's as though it was laying flat on the ground with the head turned to the right. Mm-hmm. But then there's another one that's more bluish in color. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the more top-down view of a skull, right? Um, It still has fur attached to it, but, um, you know, there are animals consistently wash up on the, on the shore yeah. and, and I mean, there has been no shortage of, of people misidentifying them. There was, oh, whales. That's a really common one. There was one that a Japanese trawler brought on board. It was a whale carcass and the way that it was kind of situated made it look like it was a plesiosaur there was a baleen whale um, there was uh there was one in russia that i think they called the moscow monster even though it was nowhere near moscow <laughs> but again it was a whale but they you know they were like oh what what could this be you know you look at the skull you're like yeah it's a whale um but these things anything that has been that is rotted significantly especially in water is going to look so foreign from the way it started that you really you you have to kind of CSI it. you got to like look at the skeleton itself and then everything comes back together again
1: yeah so so it, it's leaning towards being an actual uh animal of the animal kingdom yeah that we that we know of it's just it's not that big a deal for somebody to stop everything and start doing tests on it and being like oh my god we have to identify that's a reckon right yeah like- <laughs> That's what that's what everybody's leaning towards anyway. And at, you know at first I wasn't I was like no that there's no way that's a that's a raccoon but the more you you look and compare with raccoons and naked pictures of things then Now of course Dave there's always a chance of just straight up government lying or disinformation.
2: Ugh, classic. We need
1: to blow the lid off of it. I do think it's weird that as news of Plum Island started circulating in the mainstream that more of an effort was made to put a happy facade on the place is a little convenient.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, it's an animal testing facility. Slap some paint on it. People
1: tours are even offered as long as you're cleared for them Mm -hmm. by Homeland security, I guess. Although you, you don't get to go in every building or see the animals for one thing. Yeah. Of course they make everything transparent with names and contact info and all that. Though who's to say those are real people working there?
0: Well, I mean, think about this: just the the <laughs> the, the general public opposition to, to animal testing. Um, no, nobody wants an animal to be tested on, but everyone wants their makeup to look right. <laughs> Jeez, well, um, you know, I it, 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 it that I listen. I'm I I, I get it. Like well, I understand. Yeah, nobody that,
1: wants to see a, a a sheep bleeding from its right and mouth.
0: personally though i mean and i'm not saying for cosmetic reasons but like animal testing is an important part of science and 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 it's not pleasant to look at when i was at uh, colorado state i worked at the surplus properties warehouse my freshman year which was like a i think most colleges have this like oh the math department is uh, getting rid of their desks so they bought new desks so then we go get them and then we sell them to the uh the philosophy department you know it's just a <laughs> you know like we it, it, it's that a dick move <laughs> it is kind of a dick move but apparently that's just how they do it huh. um and uh and at one point we had to go pick some things up from where they kept like where they did animal testing on campus and that was easily the most secure place ever hmm. um and we had to it's the only time we ever had to have ID to get in anywhere um we were on camera the entire time there was a room that we were sent to the things were brought to us and you could you know hear kind of some animal sounds here and there in the building and um but yeah it's they they don't whenever animals are getting tested on and i think i think 90% of that is to keep people from you know trashing the joint or you know trying to stop it and 10% uh for the integrity of the science so oh, yeah. people aren't messing with that but at least that's my opinion I think that's where the all the security comes from it's not not that they are that worried about the animals escaping or anything yeah. they're worried about people coming in and f-ing with them 28 days later much <laughs> you ever see that one uh I th- it's been a while yeah rage monkeys it's been a long time for that one uh, you
1: know it's it's of course it's good to have a facility that that can combat terrible livestock disease and you know try to figure out how to save these animals. But um, why would you move this island to the heartland of America for that?
0: Well, well I mean, I'm I, talking I, to, of, of yeah, doing
1: something in Kansas.
0: I will give you, I'm going to give you both arguments. Um, Please don't. <laughs> if you're doing dirty deeds and done dirt cheap, uh, oh. <laughs> um, once word gets out, the site's blown. People have, uh, for at least uh 15 years 16 years been hip to this place and i'm sure it goes farther back than that of of uh protesting it and and trying to raise awareness about what goes on in this place or trying to find out what goes on the covers blown and it's not it's not like area 51 where it's this gigantic place it's easy to keep people out it's not a big island and it's it's located off the most populous portion of the united states of america also um in painting in broad strokes, also a very liberal portion of the United States of America. There are, you know, s- statistically more people who want to, s- who want to get in there or shut that down in that area. So it's a bad place to be doing, um, uh, naughty research, top secret stuff, weaponizing murder times. Yeah. So yeah, you want to relocate it to someplace boring you want to relocate it to some place that there. there is a low population density. So there's no one like really coming around to check on it. It's why Nevada works so well for area 51. Um, so why not Kansas? Find me a more boring state. I
1: dare you. Yeah, but
0: no, why would you? Idaho has skiing. I know what you were thinking. Why would you
1: advertise it to everybody? It's just, I don't know. It's weird. Well, it's, yeah. but Maybe, it,
0: maybe it's a, a, a head fake. Well, but you you're advertising it and being like, "Yeah, do you want to make the road trip to bum Kansas?" You know, like no one's the the number of people that will take you up on that dare versus the number of people who will be eyeballing this island just off the coast. So, I mean, that's 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 my conspiracy argument that you're hiding it in plain spite by making it super bland.
1: Yeah, well, well, I think the concern is if they're uh, dealing with diseases that could potentially devastate uh, the livestock industry in America, which not only would cost billions of dollars in, in e- economic woes and mm-hmm. also cripple a lot of our um, food abil- ability to, to feed ourselves, to feed us as a country, not to mention the import-export stuff or just the export at that point. Why would you Why would you want to put it somewhere that would more easily and quickly spread if it got out. You know what I'm saying?
0: Well, I don't think that it would, and I'll tell you why. Um, because again, population density is lower. Because again, this is a this is a mechanically vectored disease. It's it's just it gets on you, and you can carry it. Now you you're not necessarily that's a mechanical vectoring, but uh, an infected animal. You know, and there's there's a lot of animals that can get this. It's not just livestock. But think about this in an, in, in a place like Kansas, which is mostly agriculture, but leaning towards farming, not necessarily uh, cattle production or anything like that. All those animals are very tightly confined. Like in, I mean, like you, they, they, they're not running, you know, crossing the street or anywhere they're all penned up. So even if you have an outbreak in an area, it's conf- it's confined now on something like the, the, the East coast, nothing's really confined you know things can spread a lot easier i would argue on the east coast than in the middle of nowhere in kansas um and also if you're doing agricultural disease research it's easier to do that research nearer to agricultural animals that's it's a fair point so you know and i would say which i guess that's kind of like a little bit of the other argument is like the the more mundane argument is that yeah we're we're, we're doing uh hoof and mouth we're doing agricultural pest research so yeah we're we're near the agricultural pests that's what we're doing there you know i you know like i studied diseases that insects carry but at the time there was no funding for it. that was before uh west nile encephalitis even hit in the united states there's mm-hmm. you know now with with uh west nile zika uh dengue fever coming back to the united states um, looking at agent orange a little harder man I'm going to go officially on the record and saying DDT was the greatest chemical we've ever <laughs> come up with. That's what I meant. I said Agent
1: Orange, but DDT. And is
0: it nice. was a giant mistake to stop using it. We had malaria on the motherfucking ropes. Ten more years. I don't care how thin eggshells got. I'd be willing to trade some f***ing birds for the eradication of malaria. We f that one up. We should have kept using DDT. That shit worked so well. <laughs> anyway. Well. Um. But, but so you, yeah, if you, if you, if you're doing that kind of research, it makes sense to put it into an area that is more accessible, you know, like the, they did have
1: some pretty shoddy controls back in the day.
2: Exactly. (laughs) You know, and
0: I, 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 I read years ago, this really interesting article about, uh, plane crashes and that in order for an airplane to crash, to fall out of the sky, it has, it's, it's either seven or nine catastrophic failures have to happen in sequence you have to roll snake eyes nine times in a row for an airplane to crash because there's so much safety and redundancy built into these things. Um, you know, and that's not including, you know, German pilots who fly them in the mountains or explode, you know, things like that. But, but for a mechanical failure to result in the crash of an aircraft requires so many, like any one of those failures is a moonshot and it requires several of them in a row, which, you know, lends credence to your theory, you know, like, Oh, what you, Oh, I, I let, you know, control group Alpha out into the pasture. What?
2: Alpha? We just sprayed them with death pox. Job, Jenkins. <laughs>
0: right. Well, so anyways. Yeah. Um, also, to make it more lame, uh, I'm sure it's, it's very expensive to be operating a research facility on an island, just logistically, getting people getting there, there and there, back, yeah. getting materials there and back. That's true. Where, and, you know, the land, whereas middle of Kansas... Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Two weeks from everywhere. Yeah, cheaper. Just cheap and easy.
1: Let's talk about, real quick, Eric Traub. Yes, he was recruited via Operation Paperclip. Mm -hmm. Yes, he did visit Plum Island at least a few times in the 50s. He also declined a leading position there in 1958. He worked for the Navy from 1949 to 1953 and then returned to Germany where he died in 1985. That's another... Obvious uh, conspiracy where you take you take some factual information and then you're just like, "Here's what probably happened." Oh,
0: right, because it's titillating, it's interesting, and it makes for a good story to say, "Oh, vile Nazi scientists doing the most unholy research brought to the land of milk
2: and honey for what? No,
0: yes, yeah, so."
1: It's, it's always possible he could have advised in some, some yeah. way, you know, they, they were by all accounts looking into bio warfare until yeah. the Geneva convention, you know, so it, it is possible he advised it, but he didn't take up residence there and, and run it. Like I think some people think Yeah, it's like Island of Dr. Moreau at that point.
0: And here's the, here's the hard thing with, with, uh, with all bio warfare, all biological warfare has the same fundamental problem. Um, is that when you weaponize, uh, a bacteria, a virus, whatever, you not only have to alter it in such a manner or breed it or create it in such a manner that it infects quickly because it's, you know, it's, it's, it's no good infecting an enemy army with Alzheimer's. Yeah. You know, that's going to take 30 years to, to, to really, you know, that doesn't work. So it's gotta, it's gotta infect quickly. And effectively, with a high, you know, degree, but you also have to have a a rock solid inoculation or cure for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it's. I mean, yeah, it's it's no good throwing the grenade thirty feet away. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Um, and and that's that's a hard combination to come up with, which is why no one's come up with it. Right. You know, that's why you know everyone does the research, but no one deploys the weapon, (laughs) because uh, in the few people that have that are dumb enough to not care about that mm-hmm. literally kill themselves in lab accidents. Yeah. You know, cause there, there've been a few isolated instances of terrorist organizations trying this stuff out, trying to mess with anthrax. And then the few people they get together that know enough about biology to work on it, kill themselves cause they don't quite know enough about setting up a lab properly. Social Darwinism. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, and then one, one final thing just to talk to talk about Lyme disease. Uh, again, it's, it's been present for thousands of years just because we've only started studying it recently doesn't mean it was created by the government as a weapon. Ticks have always been a shitty part of life in woodlands. Yeah. A, (laughs) A quote from an Englishman named John Jocelyn in the late 17th century said of New England, There be infinite numbers of ticks... Hanging upon the bushes in summer time, that will cleave to a man's garments and creep into his breeches, eating themselves in a short time into the very flesh of a man. I have seen the stockings of those that have gone through the woods covered with them. <laughs> <laughs> Although not exactly a definite description of Lyme disease, it's thought that Reverend Dr. John Walker did describe symptoms after a visit to an island off the west coast of Scotland in 1764. He describes a disease with exquisite pain in the interior parts of the limbs and of the tick vector itself, which he describes as a worm with a body which is of a reddish color and of a compressed shape with a row of feet on each side. That penetrates the skin. One more for ya. Even Otzi the Iceman was said to have the the presence of the DNA sequence of Borrelia burgdorferi from five thousand three hundred years ago. Told ya. So that shit's been around. It's not, yeah. and, unless they just try to improve it to make it deadlier. Right. It's been it's been doing its thing. So <laughs> they unleashed it on campers. Of course, this is. This got kicked up even more when old Jesse Ventura uh, did a show on it.
0: Literally have it up right at this second. Yeah. I watched it. Oh, I haven't watched it yet.
2: I just want you all to understand that Lyme disease is a product of the federal government. (laughs) I can't find a captain to take me across this sound unless the Coast Guard's following us. I no longer have the protection of the United States government, nor the SEAL team with which I proudly served. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there's a whole kef- kerfuffle with him not like calling himself a SEAL, but he was actually on the demolitions t- team. He was a frogman. He oh, didn't yeah. go through the extra training. Didn't to be he a SEAL? punch somebody about that? Oh, pro- I'm sure he punches everybody about that. <laughs> but like, <laughs> I actually like Jesse Ventura. But there's there's people that that are sticklers about it. And then there's people like, well, they kind of disbanded the frogmen shortly after. So they all just became seals anyway. So who gives a f-? So right. anyways, but what, it, what is his show called? Conspiracy time Funhouse. Uh, it's called
0: conspiracy theory with, with Jesse Ventura. Ventura. I'm sick and tired
2: of not knowing.
0: <laughs> so that'll do it for us, uh, for
1: plum Island and a yeah. very isolated disease. Housing Ugh. Nazi scientists keeping Ah, <laughs> <nut chill.
0: laughs> oh, That's a good one. Yeah, yeah. Lots lots to talk about with, with these. Flora, will you get the tweezers? Oh no. I'm looking through my after romping through this episode, I'm checking in my hair. Oh no, you I don't think, want tweezers, you want to burn them.
2: Well, there's there's, there's those special
0: off. there's special tweezers that you can get to remove
2: POM! <laughs>
0: All right. What do you got? I have a, uh, uh, it's a research facility where they do um, work on, um, it's called shirt tail syndrome, also um, uh, um, a- a- ass cracks disease. It's called Plumber's Island.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. See what I did there?
1: I see what you did there. Now, Dave, back in the 70s, some young hooligans followed their London calling, youths, and put themselves on an isolated island where they found American Jesus and tried to search and destroy all anarchy in the UK. They were punk rock monsters.
0: I was wondering why on earth you were researching the Clash and the (laughs) Sex Pistols, and that is why. Not Montauk, punk rock monsters. Oh, see, that's, that's hilarious because, uh, there's a, there's an island a little further up the coast, a little bit better neighborhood. Things are a little more expensive, but safer where, uh, for the most part, I mean, any, any given weekend they have concerts and you know, it's, uh, Trisha Yearwood, Celine Dion, Madonna does just her classics. It's mom rock Island. <laughs>
1: There's an illness that strikes people who like scurrying around on rock walls and boulders. Mm -hmm. Uh, They use ropes and carabiners, but they get these weird rashes and a lot of joint pain. Yeah. It's classified as climb disease. (laughs) Nice. Them's puns. Them's
0: puns. And now we relocate our attention inland to safe safe kansas <laughs> we have kept we've designed it a class four facility to contain all the listener mail. <laughs> all right kicking off we got one from cthulhu druid cthulhu druid i'm not drinking officer hey ooh, he writes watcha david and dave watcha that is british Know if you need that, I, when Chapter. I, when, when I read, uh, wh- whichever Harry Potter has, uh, nymphadora tonks and she kept saying, watch her, Harry. And I was like, the f- is that? I had no idea what that was. I didn't realize that was like a cool hip greeting. <laughs> Anywho, Cthulhu Druid writes, could you clarify Mr. Flora's position on the flat earth for me? No. He was a little too ambiguous in the episode. <laughs> Honestly, his rant gave me some kind of monotonous chuckle of, or flat mirth.
2: <laughs>
0: Thanks for keeping me entertained. And I wait in my dark forest grotto for the stars to come right. And for the dread Lord to rise up and devour us. Oh, you oh and goodness. me both. <laughs> uh, PS who the F is Alex Jones? I'm British. So I have no idea who he is. Yeah. I could look it up on the web, but you know, <laughs> uh, you, you, you
1: don't want to be put on some list.
0: Oh God. Uh, he is. He's kind of in a, he's he, like a super right wing.
1: He's the Rush Limbaugh of paranormal conspiracies.
0: Yeah. He's like further right than Rush, but like, but past voting, like he's, he kind of broke off the edge of the scale and fell out. Um, So lots of conspiracy theories. He had this, uh, we talked about in the podcast, Jade Helm, uh, that he thought that the United States army was going to declare martial law, heard everyone into um, detention centers that were converted Walmarts. Mm. Uh, uh, he's, he sells he, a lot of he, sh- stuff on his website. He,
1: he heads up InfoWars. Yep, that, yeah. That's his website. That's his website. And yeah, he hawks these. W- he's kind of why we do this. <laughs> because we do have a lot of fun with it. We hate people that try and take advantage of other people through this stuff.
0: Yeah. He's, he's selling
1: fear. He's selling, yeah. And he's selling like colloidal silver. Uh, he's, he's got stuff to protect your family, like bug out bag stuff and, and,
0: oh, and but his tang
1: or something like his
0: real money comes from like insane supplements. Yeah. Every kind Yeah, brain max three pancreatic supercharge, like all these crazy ass God. things. It's and disgusting. he's, and he's always railing against, uh, my favorite thing these days is that he always rails. His whole thing is, you know, the
2: global elites,
0: wall street, fat cats telling yeah. us what to do. You know, the, but he or, supports the Trump, right? That's my point. But he's totally behind Trump because he's the good one.
2: He's 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 not a global elite. He's not a rich fat cat. He's
0: he's glorious. Gosh, Everything he so, does is, is yeah. it's magnificent horse shit. so thank you,
2: Cthulhu Dread. Thank you. Oh, oh, oh I I just put my credit card information into the window to my season passes (laughs) for me and my friend Don Luke to go to Mom Rock Island I I love Melissa Etheridge I can't wait I buy tickets I'm telling this to no one because I'm by myself in my hacienda but I always buy concert tickets for me and Don Luke and you you can't always make it I know it's a surprise present but you know for for Melissa Etheridge Don Luke loves to come to my window. (laughs) Did you know that she actually stole (laughs) Lou Diamond Phillip's wife? That's a real fact. She stole his wife. Oh, Don Luke could steal my wife. Not that I have a wife, but we're close like that. It wouldn't be weird. Oh, what's this under my keyboard? A letter from Don Luke. Who didn't tell me this was here?
1: Buenos dias. I just want to alert you to a website I found that sells optical instruments, with specifically
2: flat lenses. Oh, ho, ho. that's just a pane of glass. If, if a lens is flat, I mean it's does not affect the curvature. Of light these though. don't
1: trick you into thinking that the Earth is around I am sure glad I have found the truth, and also an ironcladly inconsistent worldview. I invite you all to come take a look through my... the uh, telescope.
2: Tequila <laughs> oh, Don Look, you are such a clever man with your pots. In all seriousness... I can't wait till he comes back from Barcelona because he's really picking up the accent.
1: <laughs> it was proven a while ago that the earth was... round. they... Even updated the FAQ
2: and Eratosthenes. Oh, 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 that is it—the deep literary peer-reviewed cut. (laughs) Felicidades, (laughs) (laughs) the (laughs) Lord!
0: Got an email from Ryan. Ryan, (laughs) he's our Ryan Friday, of course. Even though we're not reading this on a Friday, I think it'll be okay. Uh, Ryan writes, welcome to February, 2016. Uh, well, yeah, well, whenever. never, <laughs> hopefully we aren't all living in the U S of Trump. By the time you read this, not too yet, too late, not yet, Nope. too late, not yet. Sorry, buddy. Uh, I just listened to the flat earth and all I can say is fear the fury of the flora. Well, <laughs> I like that. Well. Maybe it's a coincidence, but I got a, uh, your phone is overheating message halfway through the rant, dude, what, f- what phone gets that? I've had it happen to my phone. Really? Yeah. Sometimes it, it just says, hey, shit's phone's too, overheating. It just says, shit's too hot, and then it shuts itself off. Wow, I've never gotten that. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, sometimes I get it if I'm, like, one, like I was charging my phone uh, when I was in RAGBRAI over the summer. I was charging my phone, and it was in direct sunlight in the middle of uh, July. Well. All those things combined. Whatever. Uh, will someone please find and kidnap a flat-earther rich person? buy a razor and stick a property of Occam label on it and throw them in a room with a fully mountain dude, Flora, maybe yell the incredible Hulk rules right beforehand. (laughs) He (laughs) knows all my buttons.
2: (laughs) He's getting me.
0: Uh, You could probably only get away with sharing the recording. Sun's
2: getting real low.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You could probably only get away with sharing a recording of the audio due to the extremely graphic nature of the outcome, but that alone would probably make most of us cry. Keep up the great work and get angry more often, Flora. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, I will. <laughs> Thanks,
1: Ryan Friday. Thank you, Ryan. Dave heard from Bryce. Ooh. That's right. Sounds
2: nice, Bryce.
1: <laughs> says, howdy, Florence and Stecco. Hello. Howdy. Only recently stumbled across us and loving it. Heard about us in a plug piece on Campaign Podcast. Well, thank you, Campaign Podcast. Yeah, thank you. He's got a pun for us. Bring it. Uh, I'm guessing he's pulling this from from the old episode 100. Uh-huh. Uh, when when parts goes to that minnesota uh church oh, to, yeah. to find the holy grail and runs into uh runs into not uh, <laughs> no. john McClane. yeah um he says i expect bruce willis will keep doing action movies until he passes because old habits die hard <laughs> thanks for an awesome show from a bored idahoan with too much time on his hands well, you could ski in idaho we established that tonight <laughs> Also, for the verification on your contact page, it asked me to enter any two digits. Where do you want me to stick my fingers exactly? (laughs) Thank you, Bryce.
0: You cheeky bastard. (laughs) You cheeky bastard. (laughs) All right, I got one from Randall Savage.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: The learned brother. Oh, yes, brother. What do you get when you smash the Jersey
2: Devil with a log? (laughs) What, Randall Savage? The Flatwoods Monster. Yep, yep. I know yeah, it's bad, flip. but hey, love the podcast, guys. Keep up the mediocre work, <laughs> <laughs> hey.
0: Moosebird. Moose
2: love. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks,
0: R- Randall, the graduate man, Savage. do you
1: take us from, home, Flora? All right, one more here. We've heard from the crypto hipster. Oh, not the Crypster. Nope, that'd be weird. Crypto hipster. He's gonna, he's, he says he wants to apologize to us. Uh, he's been an avid f- uh, listener since Spring Hill Jack. Hello. Episode 24. Damn. That's like over 100
0: now, dude. That's forever uh, ago.
1: And he has yet to write in, leave us a five-star review, donate, or anything. That's okay. I don't blame you for that. I sit back and just enjoy things I enjoy. Well, he says he promises to be a better pleb of the Dave Lynn mon- monarchy. Hello and best wishes from Jolly Old Brightly, and keep up the good work. I will do whatever I can to help you guys keep creating new brilliant content. So long as I get my taste,
2: right, you will.
0: Well, good news for you, we're going to make giving us a taste easier. That's right. Any second now, we we are. We'll tell you exactly how to do it any second now, right? <laughs> uh,
1: but he's got a postscript. Oh, does he? And you'll like this. It's a not so superpower. I love him. Then like my childrens. Perfect hindsight, the ability to know exactly how to handle a specific scenario that you encounter, but this knowledge always comes a day after the event when you can do nothing about it. Oh, God, you need a a helmet from all the forehead slapping. I've already got
0: that, dude. (laughs) That's (laughs) how I live my life. It's all so clear now.
1: Thank you, the crypto hipster. I found you guys before it was cool. Yeah, you did. Back when we were lame. (laughs) That's true. Thank you, uh, Crypto Hipster. Thank you, Crypto Hipster. Yep, got got a lot more to get to, guys. Um, uh, but then again, got you know, a lot more that, that we're not going to get to. Yeah. But we're, uh, we're take that to, how you will. Yeah, we're going to do what we can. We're, we'll do what we can now. But Dude, let's talk Patreon. Let's 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 get in there. Let's dig in.
0: We are about to launch our Patreon. We have got, as we record this, we have that thing like 98.7% set up. We just have a, a few last little chick boxes and tick blorgs. And Be- belongs. Tick belongs to take care of. Uh, so hopefully it'll be up and running. Um, we have, we've, we really agonized over this. We tried to make a, a, a worthwhile thing. So if you want to, I think it's really worthwhile. Yeah. If you want to, to help support our podcast, we are ready to reward you with that. That's we've right. got all kinds of shit that you can get for, uh, for donating to, uh, blurry photos. And it will allow us to not only make even more things, um, which I'm hoping will become some sort of lucrative feedback loop. Um, <laughs> But uh, to also just allow us to 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 really explore the space, like all these kind of things that we want to do, we can get done. And yeah. we can also provide things that we've oft promised or at least mused about out loud. That's right. Um, so uh, I'm not going to list them at this moment, but no. uh, so uh, please feel free to uh, support us to whatever degree you want. I mean, yeah, there is a $500 a month level, um, which we just kind of invented out of Pure optimism. Um much much the same way as the hundred dollar a month level and the fifty dollar a month level. Yep. Um but, uh, but 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 we've got uh really options for any budget. And we appreciate each and every one of you and thank you so much for those of you who have been hitting the donut button already. The yep. don- I, it, gonna, it's delicious. I'm gonna, I'm gonna Nope. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I know I can't get in the re- the backup machine. Oh. Uh we're so- licking our fingers with <laughs> each and every one of them. <laughs> So true but but just uh like i said to the crypto hipster you know or i'm just glad you're listening yeah you don't have to do nothing but it'd be nice if you did
1: but you yeah. don't have to Pre- appreciate that appreciate the the five star reviews that you guys give us on itunes <laughs> yeah we really enjoy those and appreciate that we're always trying to get better yep so we're yeah. we're, we're trying we we're still with uh, audibletrialcom audible slash blurry photos get
0: yourself a free book uh that's that's fun i am listening to. Uh, Listen to a book about poker, a poker book, a book uh, written by fourteen-time World Series of Poker champion Phil Hellmuth, oh, yeah. who is a giant, king crybaby.
1: <laughs> really? Yeah, hilarious. I'm I'm gonna start in on the second book of the Dark Tower series. So sweet. That's that's where I'm at. Well, you can get just about anything on there. Look up something by Nick Redfern if you want something in in, in our wheelhouse, yeah, spielhouse that uh, is is going to be fun and crazy check out stuff by nick redfern he's, he's got a lot of stuff that's out there we'll we'll try and meet him one day yeah uh cam and kyle are, are friends of his i'm sure trying they to, can they trying can to help work us it out, out but trying to work it out we'll figure it out but um uh, blurry underscore photos at, at twitter blurry photos on facebook mm-hmm. over over a uh, thildo and and running and
0: uh and also the store the store hopefully should be told, our, 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 our hang-up with, with Patreon is, is virtually identical to our hang-up with the store. So I feel like if we have one solved, we'll have the other solved. Is that right? Not um, really?
1: Not now. Okay. It, we, we hit a new snag today, just oh, like right. a day or two before we're, we're launching. Yeah. But we should be able to get it resolved. Hopefully, it's, it's up and running by this time, or else this is just going to be a gigantic waste of time. Well, if not, but, though,
0: that means that we're, like, again, it's, it's, it's not easy to, like... Start a business? like we make dick and fart jokes we don't know how to negotiate credit card transaction contracts so the sorry payment
1: gateways and
0: yeah, yeah. so, so she, just, she, shut up we just so, want to sell you stuff so hopefully that's up and running uh more importantly
1: don't forget live show april yes. 17th 8 p.m 8 p.m
0: lol theater chicago yeah it's uh it's on lincoln avenue just south of irving park so yeah then we got that coming up we'll have a few more details on that hopefully shortly and will yeah that's yeah. probably that's probably it i feel for, like that's plenty of now, post, post fun it. shenanigans <laughs>
1: as always thank you to chicago podcast co-op and all the great podcasts you can find yep. on there go to chicago podcast opcom and and just treat yourself treat yourself there's there's a whole list go go select any one of them and uh and i guess i guess that's going to do it for this episode of yeah, blurry I think photos
0: so. i think so too
1: i have been david florime
0: disease and I have been Dave the hinder past Stacco.
2: Pinchy, 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 pinchy. i oh, my behind in. <laughs> Stop pinching behind in. Come to my window. Come be the light of the by. We don't know the words.